Today we're going to continue, actually complete the messages that I began in the 1st of May uh, on identity. Uh, and as I sort of concluded these thoughts and sort of, uh, you know, kind of wrapped up my sort of study in this area of identity, um, uh, some opportunities and some things have arisen. I was given the opportunity to preach last week ago Friday night at my son's graduation, and this is the message uh, I preached, uh, except I didn't title it Identity. You know, identity is a great question um, that that takes the form, who am I? I mean, who am I? You know, I, I thought back, you know, Eli's graduating. I thought back when I graduated. Do you know something? I don't believe I ever, ever, ever at 18 years old asked or attempted to answer the question, who am I? I just was. You know, I mean, I knew who I was. I, You know, I, Earl and Sharon's son, I'd gotten saved at eight years old. Uh, uh, I, I had finished school. I, I was a... a I was a decent student. Uh, I didn't have to try very hard. My my goal in, in, in high school was, you know, strive for mediocrity, and I did well. You know, if you set your goals in the right place, you can always accomplish them. If mediocrity is your goal, chances are you can hit it. Uh, and, and so, yeah, as a high school senior, you know, I you know, here, I'll tell you how close I was to... to to, to actual greatness. I did actually graduate in the top 10% of my class. There were 587 people in my graduating class. I was number 53. So that's top 10%. I was like, yay, right? Yeah, it didn't make a difference. So you know what? I, I went off to school and didn't accomplish what I set out the first time. Went to the next school, didn't accomplish what I set out the next time. Finally, God got hold of my life, and I went to Bible college and, and learned something and, and figured out that, that knowing who I am is uh, contextually a product of my relationship with God. Okay, so the first message in May was, who am I? Well, to answer that question, we've got to have some understanding of who God is. And God has revealed himself to us. God has shown himself in creation, in the world we live in. God has spoken to us and revealed himself to us by his word, in his word. God has given us his spirit to illuminate his word to us. God has given us the body of Christ to understand who we are as the body of Christ and how we fit into all these things. And so to, to be able to answer who I am is not a product of society. It's not a product of the culture. It's not a product of my wants and desires. How many of you remember the Pizza Hut illustration? Now, this was just three weeks ago. I mean, huh? Pepperoni, man, I'm telling you. I mean, if I based my identity on what I want, or dare I say what I love, that's my identity. Well, that doesn't venture into the fact that God has said we love him first. So in Christ, that's my first love. So if I'm going to answer the, the who am I question, then I've got to first understand who, who God is, and then I've got to understand who God says I am. Not who you say I am. Not who my emotions say I am. Not who my wants and desires say I am. Not who the culture says I am. Not who the government says I am. Not who, who some political party says I am. I am who God says I am. Okay? Now we get to move on. You ready? 
And the title of today's message doesn't make any sense at all. I am to do. And as I wrote that down, I thought, that makes no sense whatsoever. But here's the point. The I am defines what I do. You know, who I am establishes what's important in my life. It, it, it gives structure to my value system. Okay? So, when I start digging into the Word of God to understand who God is, to get a better glimpse of God, you know, to understand what it means to be God's child, a kingdom kid, you know, one of those people that pl- I told you, I'm just a kid playing in God's throne room. That, that's, that's my job. <clears throat> you know, I, I suspect he's got Legos. Right? Maybe not anymore. Uh, anyway. But you see, my, my point is, is that I, I belong to God. So God gets to define who I am. Therefore, God gets to give instruction as to what's important in my life. One of my prayers every morning is, God, help me to get done today everything that's important to you. You realize every morning I wake up, God already knows my day. God already knows what's best for me in my day. God already knows what things that if I undertake to do the things God sets in front of me, that those are going to be the rewarding, fulfilling, joyful. All those things that God wants for me. Not what I want for me, because I guarantee you I'll drive it in a ditch. Okay? Y'all know that some of you remember. I keep telling you stories you've already heard. I've been here a long time now. I only have so many stories. Between 16 and 21, 18 wrecks, remember? If anybody can drive it in the ditch, I can drive it in the ditch. Okay? So I have to get up every morning and, and, and set my eyes on Jesus, who is the author, the perfecter, the finisher of my faith, and let God determine my priorities for the day. Let God determine my value structure for life. So, Who I am determines what I do. So I am to do what pleases God. That's what today's message is about from Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Just two verses. Uh, Understand that as I was putting this message together, I was thinking uh, the finish of the identity uh, messages plus senior graduation at Fellowship Christian Academy in Jacksonville. And so I wanted to make it to the point, and here you go. Verse 9 says, Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith. So God, in these two verses... Paul is writing to, to, the, to the body of Christ scattered throughout the Galatian province. Okay? More than one church. There's not First Baptist Galatia. More house churches and meeting places and things where, where Christians, folks who have, have surrendered and received salvation in Messiah Jesus, a lot of them being Jews, but, but others Greeks and Romans and other nationalities throughout the Galatian province. And, and Paul is writing so that this, this, this epistle, this letter will be passed from church to church and house to house and place to place. And, and he's writing to them to give them, uh, God, 
I mean, Paul accomplishes a lot of things every time he writes a letter. He gives instruction. He gives correction. He gives encouragement. He gives guidance. He gives a lot of things when he writes to a, a body of believers throughout the, the Roman Empire where in many places he is the founding evangelist, pastor, missionary of those churches. Okay? So as he writes this in chapter 6, understand that these are, this, chapter 6 is the last chapter of Galatians as we put chapters in there. Paul didn't go 6, 1 and write that down. He, he was writing a letter, okay? And, and we divided it up so I can tell you where to look when it's time to preach. Chapter 6, verse 9. That's the, If I was to say, okay, it's about midway down on the third page of the letter, we'd all be lost. Want to know why there are verses there? So you can find it. Okay? So Paul is writing, and he says this, He said, and this is the thing in these final sort of exhortation, encouragement to the body of Christ. He says this in, in, in verse 9, Let us not get tired of doing good. See, he's just finished talking about reaping and sowing that you reap what you sow. You know what? My mom and dad, uh, in, in the form of indentured servitude, uh, planted a garden when I was in middle school. You know, rows of corn. I mean, it was long. It was longer than this building. It was. We had never planted a garden that big, and why they undertook to do that is still a mystery to me. But long rows of corn and long rows of beans you know, a little area back there with, with, do you know what? Never had beans come off the corn stalks. It never happened. Corn never grew out of the ground where the peanuts were planted. You know why? You reap what you sow. Okay? So, so that, that's what Paul's talking about right here. He's saying, you know what? Serve God. Let your work be for God. Let your lives be a testimony to God's faithfulness in your lives. Let that be who you are. Let that be the undertaking of who you are. I mean, God, and that sort of thing, God is pouring and pouring and pouring because that's Galatians 5. He says, walk by the Spirit, not by the flesh because this is what it looks like to live your life for the flesh. This is what it looks like to live your life for the Spirit. Go look back at Galatians 5. You know, people always say, well, you know, Christians, y'all are real just judgmental i'm not a judge at all i just read god's already put it down in writing you want to know what sin is open your bible wasn't that the preacher said it was sin it's that god said it was sin right so then he kind of is wrapping up here when he gets to verse 9 he says let's not get tired of doing good well first of all who is us I already, I've already told you that Paul is writing to the body of Christ at Galatia. We don't have to do good then, do we? Because <laughs> we don't live in Galatia. Uh, we don't have to do good because we're 2,000 years later, right? No, Paul is writing to Christians, to the body of Christ, and God is preserving His Word, His instruction to transcend the, the the millennia so that it reaches us. People want to know, well, how do you know the Bible is the Word of God? It got here, didn't it? 
You know what? Go try to find a copy of Homer's Odyssey. You got to go digging in the specialty section down at the, down at the Barnes and Noble to find one of those. See, God has made his word available. I even met a guy in the last week or so who uh, uh, worked with Wycliffe Bible translators and spent his whole life with a particular tribe and, and, and had accomplished, here you go, you ready for this? Had accomplished the translation of the Gospel of Luke. A whole life. What about that? Well, they got the gospel, you see? So, so we are, are abundantly blessed to have the word of God. Don't neglect that. Paul is writing to Bobby. And I would pick up the Bible and I go, let us not get tired of doing good. Thank you, Paul, for including me in the us. Let us not get tired of doing good. You're the us, folks. I'm the us. The graduates at Fellowship Christian Academy are the us. Now, I do have a little disclaimer to offer you about last Friday night's graduation. I may have told y'all last week, not this hour, I didn't preach this hour last week, but afterwards, man, I got so many compliments on this message. Boy, parents and students and everybody came up to me and just oh that was a great message for graduation that was a great message for graduation it was short and to the point you know what the to the point was not the key uh, i went to the pastor of the church who is also the headmaster of the school just before uh and i said rob i said how much time did you want me to to share tonight he said i don't know 10 15 minutes i mean you know just realize they're not here to hear you Let's talk about humbling. All right? It was funny. I laughed. So I told everybody in the crowd that he said that. I said, he just told me, y'all aren't here to hear me. So here it is. Well, guess what? You're not here to hear me. No matter what, week in, week out, people ask me, are you preaching? Yeah, I'm preaching. But you're not here to hear me. You're here to hear God. You need to hear the voice of God this morning, whether it's a whisper or a shout or, or a banner getting waved. You know what? They got them big flags out in the yard. I told them last week when we were sticking them up out in the yard. I said, so help me one of these days. I'm going to start at the back and run through here with one of them 18-foot flags. I'll get some attention, won't it? See, thing is, is you're not here to hear Bobby. I mean, I, I want you to listen. Don't get me wrong. But I want you to hear the voice of God from God's Word and what God would have for you. And He says, let us not get tired of doing good. Why? Us. We're the us. The Word is for us. Why am I tired? Let's ask that question. Why, why would He have to encourage us not to get tired? I mean, I want to do good, right? All right, tell me, who in here wants to do bad? See, nobody's going to raise their hand for that, especially when the preacher asks it. You, maybe if you, you know, go down to like the local watering hole and go, how many of y'all want to do bad? Yeah, you might get some hand raised then. But think about it for a minute. We want to do good. I mean, uh, you know, that favorite verse we like to memorize, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. Why? Because God's the one at work. 
You see, for good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. They don't want to not finish that verse because a lot of people say, oh, God's always doing good. He's doing kingdom good all the time. You see, I don't want to get tired of doing good. Why would we be tired of doing good? Let's ask ourselves, all right, so I am God's kid. I'm God's child. I want to go out into the world and live God values. God priorities, I want to do those things that please God. Because if I'm going to do what God has called me to do, then I need to live by His priority and value structure. I need to be able to conduct myself in such a way that that my life is a testimony to what? Bobby? Bobby's family? Bobby's mom and dad? The gathering? Well, the gathering in a sense. But my life needs to be a testimony to God. But in the world we live in, we have to admit it's kind of like swimming upstream. There is a flow in the world. There is a trajectory. You know, um, someone always told me, must have been a plumber, that water always flows downhill. Right? That that to 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 live the world standard, to live apart from God, is actually easy. You just go with the flow. You just ride down downstream. To live for Jesus means you're going against the flow of the world and the society. You see? I'm not a great swimmer. Basically, you know, my job in swimming is not to drown. Just don't drown. Right? I see these firemen over here. They'll get out there in the ocean and they'll swim parallel with the shore. And I'm thinking... No. There were guys in this gathering who said, Bobby, you need to surf. No. I don't. It's not a need in my life. I didn't wake up in the morning and go, I need breakfast and surfing. No. Now some people do it. I'm not going to argue with them. If you need to surf, go surf. But you see, swimming out there in that ocean is a lot harder than swimming in a nice, still, and placid lake. You see? Swimming up river against a current reminds me of one of the first baptisms we did in the ocean. It was on November 16th. Uh, been about 2010 or so. And there were six youth who, who had been off to, I guess down to Caswell or something, had accepted Christ and they wanted to be baptized. And so I said, all right, we're going to go to the ocean and do baptism. And <clears throat> it was a nor'easter. So the wind was swirling and, and the water was pulling and and we got over the little walkover crossover over there and you had to jump three feet down to the sand 
because it had already washed out the dune that far. And, and I took those kids into the ocean, and most of them were smaller than me. And, and so I laid them down in the waves and got them out, and laid them down. And, and the last one was a girl that was taller than me. And, and, and I laid her down in the waves, and she lost her foot, and, her, and the waves grabbed her feet and swung her around and took her down the beach, and I'm running after her trying to catch her. She got really baptized. <clears throat> Why? Because the pull and the toe and the, the current of the water pulled her, right? Well, folks, that's the way the world is trying to, to affect your life. It's trying to pull you into the stream that the priorities are the world's priorities. Now, they may feed some want and some desire or some some like in your life. But the truth is, is that God has called us to swim against that. To live against that toe of the current of this world. Not to give in to it. You see? So why am I tired? Because I'm swimming. Now, I'm not swimming by my own power. Because if you go back to Galatians 5, God has given us the same power, as the song said, that raised Jesus from the dead. So we swim by the power of God, the Holy Spirit in us. Why am I tired? Why would, why would Paul have to encourage me not to get tired of doing good? Well, let's go ahead and admit it, because some days we just kind of want What's the use? The futility. Right? Sometimes we... What's the use? For we will reap at the proper time. Mm. This is a tough line right here. If we don't give up. Folks, don't give up. Man, get up every morning. And look for God's provision. Get up every morning and ask God to, to give you His agenda for the day. See, if you don't let God set your agenda, then chances are you'll get caught in the flow, in the stream. <clears throat> Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all. So let's go ahead and define that just a minute, okay? Um, there are forces, influencers, to use a more modern term. Those of you who know anything about social media, influencers. Can I just go ahead and tell you, I'd be, I'd be very careful of influencers. <clears throat> Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all. Do you know that the good of all is the gospel? The good news? The message of Jesus? That is the good of all. You want peace in the world? You want to be a Miss Universe pageant member? I just want peace. Go give the gospel. Sorry, I don't mean to be condescending. So who's good... Are we working? Let's not get tired of doing good, 
But as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith. I've been sharing with you this whole time that one of the problems in the body of Christ today is all the division. I think that the division within the body of Christ has robbed robbed us of the power of God. So so what 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 I believe Paul is reminding all of the churches in the province of Galatia is guys y'all got to work together for each other's good. Let us not get tired of doing good. Who's good? The good of others, the good of the body of Christ. Ultimately, the good that God has established. So this was the way I finished up at the school the other night. I said this, I said, who here is good? Raise your hand. You know, somebody once called Jesus good. Y'all remember this? Guy walked up and said, good teacher. He said, why do you call me good? There's none good but the Father. You mean Jesus wasn't good? No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying the ultimate standard of good is God. Okay? So there's the challenge for you and I. Don't get tired of doing good not because there's a list out there in Galatians 5. Because doing what is good in God's eyes is who you are. It flows out of identity. I am God's kid and everything I do, I want to make God smile. I meant to forward a picture to, to the booth up there, Pat sitting at the computer, but I didn't send it. But I got this great picture of Eli standing there with his diploma. See, I can talk about him all day because he's with the youth group up in the Outer Banks. So. But he's standing there with this robe on and this, this red sash and he's got his, his the mortarboard cap on and actually has his hair pulled up under it so you don't know that it looks like a bush. Right? And he's standing there holding it. And, and I was sitting like right there where Miss Edna is. And he was standing right here. So I snapped his picture. Right? And now it's the, the lock screen for my phone. So that every time I open my phone, I smile. I want my heavenly daddy. Every time he takes a look or as He watches my life, I want to make God proud. I want to make Him smile. I want Him to see me living by His Spirit for His kingdom, by His agenda, that I'm doing the things that He sets before me to do. I just want to be close to Him. I want to hang out with God. Jesus paid for it. The Spirit provides it. We get to be with God. You see that? Wow. Don't get tired 
of doing that which pleases God. And then the last verse is just make sure when you've got the opportunities, do it. Do that which is righteous. Do that which is holy. Do that which makes God smile. First time I ever heard that phrase was in Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Church. He said, you know, worship is is what we have been created for. And when we worship, we make God smile. I want to live a life of worship. So Paul, to the Galatians, to every generation since Galatia, all the way up to the gathering in 2021. Okay? Don't get tired of doing that which pleases God. Okay? And then go share it with somebody. You guys are all going to leave here in a minute, most of you. Going to go out, maybe you go get a biscuit. I, I don't know if you will or not. I don't care whether you get a biscuit or not. But what I'm saying is, is the next person you run into, do something good for that person. Make them ask you. I mean, do it in such a way that they have to ask you, why are you doing that? You can say, because God told me to. Because God did it for me first. Because I follow Jesus. It'll create conversations for you folks. Okay? Pray with me. Father, thank you for today. God, I thank you that as we gather in this place, God, you are here. Your word, we sing our praise. We sing our prayer. We, we study your word. We, we hear God the whisper as you move among us. God, my prayer today is is that we would know who we are. That we would know that who we are is accomplished only by you. And that we would know that God, as you have accomplished the who we are, that we would know what's important to you. God, help me, Bobby. Just Bobby. I can't pray this for anybody but me. God, help me not to get tired of doing the right thing, the good thing, the kingdom thing, the gospel thing. God, help me not to grow weary. God, help me to shine by the light that You've given us in Christ. God, I lift up every person in this room and I pray, God, that as we've gathered for this hour, that, God, we've heard Your voice and we've understood Your encouragement, that we've understood Your exhortation. God, help us to surrender ourselves. God, help us to take up the cross. God, help us to give the Gospel. Thank You for the values God, that please you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.